of the Knicks Film School Podcast. We are coming down the stretch of this season, um, a season which, you know, I would say it went off the rails, but I I don't think they ever uh, laid the track past, um, you know, the first mile or so. So that would be disingenuous. But um, such is life. And as the games are kind of becoming more and more unwatchable, we feel it is our obligation here at Knicks Film School to... um, Provide you with some levity, some entertainment, Um, and I've been on Twitter for a while now. There's a lot of fun people on Twitter. There's a lot of funny people on Twitter. Uh, My guest tonight, for my money, kind of takes the cake because he's real, and he's a real Knicks fan, but he's also fucking absolutely hysterical. Um, You know him. He has has the blue check mark, so he's got to have some validity to the shit he says, right? Uh... David Futternick, how are you, man? What's going on? What is up, Macri? What a what a great a great little I, I keep it real. I'm the realist, huh? No, because there's like Love the intro. You're I mean, look, you're a, <laughs> we were just talking about it. You're a working actor. You've been, you know, on on screen opposite uh, you know, William H. Macy and Rob Lowe and a bunch of other, you know, really Yeah that, um, <laughs> like I, I, I I tweeted yesterday that uh, it was it was a weird day because I was getting so many texts from like everybody I knew about Dolan, about because everybody sends me Nick's news like two days after it happens. Like, <laughs> hey, did, hey, did you see this Mitchell Robinson guy is like playing really well? Like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I know. <laughs> so I got I got like Dolan texts. I got William H Macy texts because of all the college, the Operation Varsity Blues college scam. Sure, yeah. And then, uh, and then all the OBJ because I'm a Giants fan, so you know. Was a busy why why day not? For you. <laughs> why not support two failing franchises instead of one? You know. <laughs> well, it's twice the fun. Um, right, right. No, but like, so there are celebrity fans that kind of show up when it's convenient. Man, you right. you are there when it is it is inconvenient. I see you like I'm on Twitter a lot, <laughs> as you know, and. Uh, yeah. You're out there, man. You are out there, um, and you're not afraid. I try. Yeah, no, dude. It's it, but I think I get the sense, and I'm, I'm we'll get into it a little bit. I'm sure that you have been there um, through thick and thin, through the you know the the Zach Randolph years, the Jerome James oh, years, the all of the yep. all the years. Um, yeah, well, <clears throat> when I live, you know, I live in LA now, but um, I went to college in New York, and you know, I I wasted. So much money on the 2002 to 2008 period, just going to games. Just I, I, my girlfriend at the time was just like you. I, I had a hard time like not losing my cool back then. Now I'm just you know I'm, we're so used to them losing, so I'm just like oh whatever. Well, you know but you, you were in your mid twenties then, right? Right, You're, right. Yeah, so right. it's uh, it comes with the territory. I I think. Um, 
God, I'm trying to remember because when they got into the playoffs, uh, when they had Marbury and they got into right. the playoffs against the Nets. Against the Nets. Oh, I, yeah, barely, they, they, they hobbled into that. that. I remember watching one of those games and it was just so embarrassing. Dude, I was at game one in the Meadowlands <laughs> oh. or whatever they called it, Continental Airlines Arena. And they went like down by 20 and then they made a little run that was punctuated by, I want to say, a Mike Sweetney uh, like alley oop dunk or like a, a he put a putback dunk or something. He, he was able to jump that high. That's hard to imagine. I, I want to say he got his fingertips <laughs> on the rim. Um, I count that as a, I count it as a dunk, and it got it, it got the lead down to like ten or eight or something. I was going ape shit, and then they ended up sure. losing by you know whatever it was twenty five and getting swept. So I'm right, right there with you, man. We've been there. Funny story. My my mother is very cheap, and she would buy me. Like clearance section Knicks jersey, so I have a, <laughs> I, I have a Sweetney jersey. I have a John Wallace jersey. I didn't know they would have made uh, any of those. Yeah, wow. yeah, uh, they might be collectors' items, but yeah, I have some some very weird jerseys. Uh, well, now you could find uh, a Kristaps Porzingis jersey on the right. same on the same rack, and I'm laughing uh, to keep from crying because uh, that's that's what we do. Um, right. So the most recent thing, and I and I, I knew you were, we had planned you to to come on a, a little while back. So I purposely, I didn't do a podcast on it. I didn't write anything on it because I, I wanted to save this for you because I okay. knew I knew there would be no one to, to get into this um, that would be better served than you, uh, sure. James James Dolan. Um, yeah, he is um, legendary musician. Oh man! I mean, uh, have you ever seen him play live? I'm afraid to ask. <laughs> no, although you know what, I I feel like it would be fun to actually just get drunk and go to a, a JD and the Straight Shot show and just heckle him. I if could, could we wear um could we wear like the fake uh, sunglasses and like mustache and like the nose and go in? Right. Yeah, we don't we we don't want to get banned from the the arena, but uh, well, yeah, because no, we, we yeah we want to deprive yeah. ourselves of that. Because uh, the the team might be good eventually at some point, but uh, yeah, it might be fun to just like yell "Freebird" for like the, their entire show. <laughs> um, I'd be down. Uh, so yeah, James Dolan, uh, legendary musician and um, <laughs> owner of. It's astounding that that I I could say this. Um, the most profit, or I, I, maybe not the most profitable, but the the most valuable, um, most valuable, yeah, right. franchise in the NBA. Went on the radio yesterday and um, said a lot of words um, after, uh, what was it, I guess two days after he said uh, very few words uh, to a, right. a particular fan. And I'm, I've been thinking about this and I've been thinking about this and like there's so many directions you could go. And the, the question that I kind of want to open with is like, is it possible to have an interesting discussion about James Dolan? And what I mean by that is, like, I, I don't know if you get what I mean, but so I'll explain it a little bit more. He, like, he is, he is what he is. I Nothing right. he said the other day surprised me in the least. So it's like, yeah. is it, is it, on one hand, I feel like, so I have this podcast, I, you know, write for Nick's Film School, I'm always on Twitter, and I don't ever really talk about Dolan. And I'm like, am I being irresponsible? Am I being lazy? Am I like, because like he's the most important figure in this organization. But on the other hand, I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed to say about him? So where, I don't know. Where do you right. where do you fall? 
I mean, just thinking about him exhausts me because it's it, it, it's shameful. It's shameful. I mean, it, it makes it you know the uh, you know what's the phrase the 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 fish rots from the head down or whatever. Yeah. I mean, he's 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 the worst. He's the absolute worst. And say what you want about Phil Jackson, but he did come in and he did seem to push him away for a bit. And now it just seems like the old Dolan is creeping back in. You know, he's putting popping his beak in more than he had been in the last couple of years, which uh, it just like stresses me out. <laughs> well, I, I I was saying it somewhat facetiously um, right. on a podcast the other night, but like, like how do you, like you have to keep him out of these meetings this summer, don't you? Or you 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 make sure you know you have it be scripted, or t- I don't know what the hell you do, right? Yeah, but that that appearance on Michael Keisha yesterday that makes me so nervous because it seems like he really wants to be involved now. Like the fact that he went on the radio yesterday to do whatever the hell you want to call it, whatever that was. I you know it's, I don't it know seems what you like, call it. I mean, I guess part of it is because of the altercation with the fan. He wanted to kind of that's that's the same that race for me. Is like maybe it that's, made it worse. Yeah, no, he made it so much worse. But like, so people were tweeting at me like he didn't even know the names of his own players. To me, that's right. kind of a good sign, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, because then you won't know to trade them away. <laughs> <laughs> you can't uh, trade away people that you don't know. So. Well, you can, actually, you probably actually, well, you can, you can. Oh God. Uh. Well, now it's not, it sounds like he was hinting too that like Frank is gone, right? Wasn't that the I saw Bondi posted something. I so I I went back and listened. I got home midway through the the interview and um, right. making I was making my long arduous walk from the Massapequa Park train station to my to my house. Um, so I, I was not able to um, hear the interview on on that walk because ESPN's app sucks. So, no offense, ESPN, but it does. Um, so I couldn't listen live. So I listened to it midway through. I went back, listened to it afterwards, and I got the sense that it the point he was making wasn't about Nilakina himself, but it was more like um, I wanted it, it. Well, it was a it was a muddled point to begin with, but I I didn't get the sense that he was making a point about like yeah we shouldn't have drafted Nilakina and that's why I fired Phil. But right, right, who right. the hell knows? Who um, the hell knows? I mean, he's at the games. How do you not at least remember Mitchell Robinson thing? Like the only thing they talk about right now like how do you not remember his name and i'm pretty sure i like went back and listened to it again i'm pretty sure he said noah <laughs> i'm sure he said noah's name i and maybe and, because he's still paying him well i mean he's signing <laughs> the checks every every month right. yeah you know i mean hopefully he knows he's talking about noah vonley um which by, <laughs> oh, right, right, right. by the way not to get too uh you know tinfoil hat over here but like you know let's do it you want to a little bit yeah you know some staffer gave him some part of those or or all of those notes i don't know and or or, you know a half an hour before he went into the interview like hey give me a a list of our best young players and that guy probably ran down the office to perry and he's like hey what's a list of the players what do i do and then i wonder if including noah vonley's name in that is a sign that they like really want him back um, before next season, I don't know. I, you could tell me anything, and I would believe true, it. True, true, true. Um, but I, so I don't know. Part of me thinks he just went on to try to downplay the situation with the fan. 
Um, oh. You know, and of course, it, I guess he could have made it a lot worse. Like, is is there a way that that how he came yeah. off with the fan could have gone worse? I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't. I guess if you punched him too, punch him. I'm good. Yeah, he like popped up in the stands, and you know, now he doesn't strike me as the guy who throws too many punches. Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know if he's ever uh, gotten into the old fisticuffs in his life. Well. You know, you don't want to ruin the guitar, you know, guitar playing hand. You know, well, you need those. That's where the that's where the real money um, is made uh, with right. with those hands hands of steel. Um, yeah, I I don't know. What did you What did you make of him basically coming out and saying, um, "We've been do- <laughs> it's happening." <laughs> yeah, exactly. What did you make of that? Uh. I- to me, it made it less likely that it's happening now. I don't like. I think the guy is such a joke. It's like anything that comes out of his mouth, it's like, oh well, then it's definitely not happening now. Like if I'm Kevin Durant and I'm watching that, I'm probably like, oh fuck, I already hate this guy. Now he's like saying, like basically trying to take like all the all the air out of like what I'm, you know, what my decision's going to end up being. Uh, maybe I don't want to. Maybe I don't want to work for this man. <sighs> I, I've spent probably more time this season thinking about the subject of, of, which is, it's nonsensical because I, there's no way for me to know the answer. The subject of how much it matters to, like, the, the cream of the crop players in, in the league. Like, obviously, like the Kevin Durant's, the Kyrie Irving's, you know, that class of player. Does it matter to them which, you know, rich dude is signing their checks? I mean, my theory. I, guess not. I, I don't. I don't know. I, I genuinely. I, on one hand, I mean, I, it's it's it seemed to be an issue for LeBron with with Dan Gilbert. I mean, that's yeah, but that, that was, was a personal. genuine problem. True, true, true. Yeah, that was. I don't. You know, I get it. If it's like yes, th- that's true. Like, they they had a whole history together and the uh, Comic Sans. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, Scott. Let us pour one out for Comic Sans. But like you know, right. if if you're Durant and you're like okay. By by mere by virtue of the fact that this man is is going to continue meddling, um, I can't entrust my career to him. That's one thing. But if he right. just thinks that Dolan is an incompetent fool, um, but he's not going to make any basketball decisions, and if he like sits down with Perry and Mills, and they're like, "Look, he's in check." We we we. Well, maybe. I, I don't know if it's Perry and Mills or just Perry is the one having this conversation. I'm not sure. But if he's like, look, we got him on lockdown. Don't worry about it. He's not going to get in our in the way here. Like, does that does that maybe you know, squash some of his fears? I don't know. Probably. Can, can we do a side note about Steve Mills? I like – do we know anything about Steve Mills really? Like, I, he's, isn't he so bizarre? He's, an inter- it's, he's it's the like, international man of mystery, I think. Right. I mean, he's lasted so long, and also it's like I barely like we barely know like the sound of his voice. Like he's very bizarre to me. So I have my theory. Um, I think Steve Mills could be. Uh, I mean, to my own two cents, I think he seems like a perfectly nice guy. Um, right. You get him, see him in press conferences. Seems like a really nice dude. You know, he's smart. I mean, um, Princeton wouldn't have smelled my farts if I asked him to and he got in there and, right. and you know graduated oh don't Jonathan don't knock yourself don't knock your farts like don't that. disparage my farts yeah yeah come on I don't know I just go by what my wife tells me and she she does not um, 
uh, care for the aroma. So uh, well, I, that's their that's their job. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so Mills seems like a nice dude. Um, right. he, you know, he's smart. He, I think he, the term that's often attributed to him is like survivor um, because he's lasted for this long. I mean, I think it's like, all right, if you're James Dolan and you trust this guy and if you're then Steve Mills and you're like, well, I have the trust of the owner. Let me just try to like placate him and like keep him happy and then I continue to be employed. And meanwhile, let me try to do the best job I can, you know, running this team. That's why, like, the Pollyanna fan in me, like, wants to give Mills and Perry as a unit the benefit of the doubt. Because I'm like, all right, let's see if it works from the part that, like, he brought in another basketball guy. But then there's the other part of me that has lived life for 35 years. And I'm like, what the fuck am I thinking? <laughs> so I right. I don't know. Who the hell knows? Do you, Generally speaking... In comparison to all the other time periods that we've watched this team, yeah. where do you fall in terms of like, where is your level of faith that this could actually go right from here on in? Uh, I don't know because I, you know, I don't want to have to eat my words and I feel like I've had to eat my words so many different generations of this team the last 20 years. But uh, I, it, it feels like it's likely that Durant is coming. It just feels right. I mean, I, 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 that makes me so nervous to say that because... It's almost nothing, like you don't want to tempt Nothing ever happens. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, I do think that we are absolutely getting the fifth pick in the draft. I, like, <laughs> I'm certain, absolutely certain of that. Um... Zion's going to be a Laker and the Knicks are going to get the fifth pick. And everybody's going to lose their minds over the new system. Well, hold on. I need to w- quick sidetrack here. Uh, you're in yeah. L.A. I Is, am. It, how <laughs> how annoying would it be for you to have to deal with Zion on the Lakers with LeBron? Horrible. I mean, it was annoying enough when LeBron came. I'm like, I, I hate to be so petty, but no, please, I, no, listen, please so, be petty. I'm so satisfied that they are missing the playoffs. That is so satisfying to me. Lakers fans are so, so stupid. And first of all, they all still think that like Brandon Ingram is uh, going to be an all-star. And no, no knock on him at the moment because he has serious yeah. health issues now. But they talk themselves into the dumbest things. And nobody seemed to remember that like LeBron's not getting any younger. And they... Maybe should have hung on to Brooke Lopez and Julius Randle instead of bringing in Michael Beasley and Rondo and JaVale McGee. And I, I, it's so satisfying that this season turned out exactly how I had envisioned it was going to for them. So it'll be a whole other round of uh, annoying Laker fan takes. But, you know, it'll be a slap in the face. What are you going to do? Would you rather? Would you rather if Zion's not going to be a Nick? Would you rather him? Uh, would you rather the Mavericks win the lottery, or would you rather Ooh. the Lakers win the lottery? If no, you had the to Lakers, ch- Lakers, <laughs> yeah, like the Mavericks are my least favorite team now. Like, absolutely, absolutely. It, it's. I said this on another podcast, and it's it's awful. But I just wish the worst, worst for KP now. It's so it's so sad, but I just like I should be like, hey. I hope he does great. But now I just like I just want him to ha- lead a horrible life. 
It, it's, <laughs> um, it's so so bad. No, I don't think it's bad at all. I think it's a natural because, like, here's the thing, right? Like, I which which by, by the way, my buddy and I made a animated uh, like a one off like episode of a show like three years ago called KPPD where. Chris Stapps is an NYPD detective in his in his like off time. Oh my god! And he apparently loved it. And I I have his I have Giannis's phone number because Giannis was like, "Hey, uh, KP loved it. Next time we're out in LA, uh, you guys have to come. You have to meet us. Meet meet Chris Stapps." And then my buddy and I who made the show like we went to the like Knicks Lakers game, and he totally blew us off. So now I'm like, oh, it all adds up. It Did he really? Out. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. I, I mean, I wish I could say I was surprised. Um, I, I've i struggled a lot with this because on one hand, there's a, there's a lot of fans who are like, he's brittle, it's good he's off our team. And while there's a big part of me that is very, very happy that I don't have to worry about whether or not a seven foot three um, man is going to be able to stay healthy uh, for the majority of his career, I would be lying if I said I didn't think he was going to get like MVP votes at some point um, before he retires. I, I think he's like special. And just because he's not on the team anymore, that doesn't change that opinion. What I, what I'm, what I'm struggling with is like, you know, cause it's, and again, it's all wrapped up in the same damn conversation with Dolan. It's like, we know that the garden has like, they have a narrative that they, you know, like to get out there. And the narrative after this trade was that like KP, um, you know he wasn't he was he wasn't happy he was this and that and it's like i on one hand i know that they have an incentive to get that message out there but on the other hand i fully believe that porzingis like wanted no part of being here never gave the new regime a real chance and basically from the moment that he said like uh i think phil jackson is an old crazy man and doesn't know what he's doing at that moment mentally he was out and it was just a matter of him figuring out how he was going to get out of here. No, I think you're right. I, you know, I, I think that um, there's just no game past the ownership. I, I think I think a lot of it was already tarnished with Phil. He, I, you know, I think he and Phil had their issues. But I mean, it can't, it couldn't have just been like, oh, I don't like that we're losing because he knew what was up. No, it, it has it, to be. It, you know. it has to be more than that. Yeah. And I feel like we don't know what happened um, behind closed doors, but it seemed like the front office uh, and Fizz did everything they could to try to make him happy. And he clearly probably just already made his mind up. I, I completely agree with that. Like, you, you know, you don't send a coach to uh, halfway around the world for a publicity stunt. Like, that was a genuine attempt. And yeah. I, I think... Um, and I think they got a sense because, like, the way I read it, and I don't know how you read it, I got the sense that they basically knew from like training camp almost from his demeanor when he when he basically came back to the country that like mentally he was he was out. That's I, I have no like actual proof to back that up, but that's just kind of right. like how I how I see it. I don't know. It, it, it could be, it could be, and that's also why, like you know, they would say uh, he's not ready health wise, and then he would go and post like the picture of him, you know, sprinting. Well, you know, they were uh, clearly already like, uh, 
not on the same page anymore. But that's the thing that I don't think has gotten any attention, and if it has, I apologize to whoever has given it attention. Since he's gone to Dallas, he said the plan all year was for me to be out for the entire season. Like those, th- that was those are his words, right? I'm not making that up. Right. So then, it seems crazy. What, what's that? It seems crazy because that's not what we were being told well, at all. But that's my point. So Steve Mills came out in um, when was that press conference? I want to say it was maybe late December, or early January, something in that in that vicinity, yeah. where he yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. "We're gonna, you know, we're gonna get him." I don't, I forget what it was, like running or practicing or some shit in early February, and then we're going to see where we're at. So basically, I'm wondering, like, because I don't... Clearly, if that was the plan, then the Knicks knew that was the plan all along, and Mills came out and said that as knowing that it was not going to be the case, unless one of two... Well, one thing. Either he was not... he There was a disagreement over whether he should get back out on the court. And meanwhile, when the beat reporters were saying, the beat reporters were painting the picture that like KP wants to get out there and the organization's holding him back. Maybe it was the other way around. That's right. One, that's one thought I have. And the other thought I have is yeah. maybe Mills was like, look, we're cool with you sitting out the year, but we don't want the fans to think that like, you're not making every effort to come back. So we're going to, you know, trot out the 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 line that like yeah you're working your way we're gonna try or this and that and then you know that's the other thought i had that's what i think really happened but yeah. anyway <laughs> we we've talked enough about fucking Porzingis. we really have uh for a, for a <laughs> lifetime what do you right. uh, where are you with the young guys i mean like mitch we could sit here and and wax poetic about mitch for right for a long time i think that we all know what he is. We all are confident what he's going to be. Yeah. Where, where are you at on some of the guys who are, you know, a little bit more up in the air, the guys that are more uncertain at this point? I'm so happy you asked that because I was hoping to talk about John Jenkins for a good half hour. So let's, Listen, let's his, get into shooting, John Jenkins. Yeah. His shooting form is really nice, man. It's a really yeah, it nice is. form. No, it is. No, he's a nice little player. Nice little player. Yeah. Um, I, I was just at that horrible Knicks Clippers game. And I was trying to explain to my friends who are not Knicks fans what to look for on the team, and they were just just ragging on me the whole game. And it didn't help that they were losing by, like, 40 points the entire game. But, I mean, I, I, I love that Trier got through that hump, got over that hump, and, and you know, he, he, he was injured, and he hit that wall, and it's been, it's been really awesome to see him kind of get out of that hump. Totally. Um, I, know, I know you're big on Trier. I um, I'm drinking that Kool Aid. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah, I, he's to a me, player. To me, he's like he he can be Lou Williams. He can be that instant offense off off the bench. Um, I I really 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 uh, and I'm happy that he's gotten out of his funk. Uh, unlike Kevin Knox, although I know we can we can kind of pick apart the last couple of games and see some semblance of. Signs of signs of life. Is signs what I like of to life. Say. I don't know how many. You know, at, at least we're not seeing him stepping out of bounds once <laughs> or twice a game, and you know, fouling a guy on a three, and uh, on a fast break, he's got guys in either corner, and he goes up and gets blocked. Uh, but that's the you thing. Know, those, those things. 
that's the thing to me. Like, I feel like you know a guy has hit the rookie wall when he's like not able to do things that like a sixth grade gym class five on five game are. You know, those kids are able to do. Right. But he he's like so in his head right now. Um, but one thing I'll share with you, which I don't know if you saw it. Um, Sam Vecini today had a, a piece come out on the Athletic about the Knicks, and uh, two things of note regarding Trier. He said that word around the league is he's like one of the hardest workers you'll ever meet. So I, I thought that was pretty cool. And regarding Knox, he basically said like there's near consensus or like most people around the league feel like his shooting is is going to be fine. Like nobody thinks that his shooting woes this year are indicative of what's going to happen um, for the rest of his career. So, you know, I guess take that with a grain I mean, of salt, but I thought that was nice. Right. Um. Our uh, our mutual friend Rich, uh, who who you had on, we uh, the two of us were at summer league, and man, it, I just want to get back to. I know it's summer league. I know he's playing against a bunch of guys that are not even in the league now. They're playing overseas, but we were so pleasantly surprised by how good he looked, and 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 December for that matter, he was so so fun to watch. So I'm you know I'm just hoping that I mean he's 19. I'm hoping to see him kind of find find that form again, but I will say it is hard to watch him at times now. Yeah, no, um, I, I, no disagreement there. Uh, it's Smith, funny when you, what do you think yeah. of Dennis Smith Jr.? I, I I was happy when they drafted Frank. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, I mean, look, so was I. Uh, you know, uh, I th- I. But but for different reasons now. I, back then, I, 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 well, I was worried about his like injury history, and I was worried about his attitude. Um, it does seem like he likes Fizz. Fizz is trying to whip him into shape, change his diet, all that. Yeah. So I, I I I just I just worry about his work ethic, and I I worry that he's just doesn't have great court vision and and his defensive. Prowess is not what you'd, you'd hope it was. So me... I, 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 also, I, watching him with Moutier is probably the hardest basketball to watch from the entire season. Well, when the two of them are on the court together. That's absolutely brutal. I know that's not a knock on him. No, but you could. Um, yeah, I was about to say you could put any name in that sentence and say it, it's really hard to watch. Insert name here with with Moutier. I, the, the thing that makes me the most frustrated is that we can't watch him and Frank together. I I, I was really, really, really looking forward to that. And it keep seems hope like Frank, alive, man. Frank, keep I mean, hope alive. It it might happen. Is Frank gonna play like the last five games of the season or something? It's uh, insane how long he's been out now. You know. Well, I know that they're supposed to reevaluate him. I I believe they're supposed to reevaluate him um, between uh, uh, Friday night's game and the Sunday game against LA. So we'll you know. We'll see. Um, I'll keep hope alive. I'll keep hope alive. Listen, don't, 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 you, you got it. Can't let go of the rope on on Frank. No. It's, it's there. no, no, no. Um, a, a philosophical quote, real quick, because I I've probably sung Fizdale's praises um, louder than anybody this year, and I, I it makes me feel like a crazy person occasionally. Um, and my my thinking is has been all season that he gets the guys to play hard. You were at one of the five or six games where they just didn't show up, but the other right. 60 games. Although they, they could have rolled over. They, they actually sort of came back. In they the did. They we, no. And they, but, you know, that they outscored them by like 15 or 20 in the second half. Yeah. They, they didn't just roll over. Yeah. And I think, I think that, and I think the fact that 
This is now the fourth straight month that they've fourth straight month they've gotten better um, in terms of defensive rating. They're actually they've been a respectable defensive team as as crazy as that is to say for like a month and a half. Um, yeah. I think all of these are signs that like Fizz is getting through to these guys. You know, Dennis Smith Jr. I forget what the exact quote was, but like after he came here, he was here for a few games. He's like, you know, I love playing for this guy. Isn't it on Fizz to to like? Isn't that why you hire a guy like Fizz so you can acquire a Dennis Smith Jr. who has those question marks and be like, here, this is your specialty, right? You're able to reach right. these types of players. Like, isn't He's that his the job? Character guy. Yeah, so I I'm hopeful. Um, yeah, but, you know, and then the Miami conditioning thing that that'd be a nice that'd be a nice little uh, perk if we keep that going. Um, who else do you like? Who? Uh, what? Any of the other young guys impress you, or, or have you particularly it's fu- excited? It's funny that you asked about the young guys, and like I like it doesn't even occur to me that Dotson's one of them because he he plays with so much poise. Uh, for uh, I I mean, what, what is he? Twenty three? He four? I'll, I'll look it up right now. I think he's still twenty three, but I'll double he, check that. He was he he was a four year guy, right? Out of college. He, so he he transferred. Don't forget. Um, so I forget how that kind of affected things. But he was right, right, he, right, right. More or less, he was a four year guy. Right, um, right. Yeah. But, I mean, I, 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 he. So when we talk about, he's twenty four. By the way, I mean, well, that's like a. You take Lance Thomas and DeAndre Jordan off the team. That's a veteran on this team. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's true. Um. When we talk about KD and Kyrie, although I I will say I'm in the minority, but I'm not a big Kyrie guy. Um, I I'm a I'm a bit of a UConn homer. I'd rather see KD and Kemba together. Really hot I, takes, spitting fire. Hot, well, Kyrie concerns me for a number of reasons. I think he has chemistry issues, and I think as a standalone talent, he is. Unbelievable, but I worry. I well, first of all, I worry about like the amount of knee issues he's had for a guy his age, and I also just worry about his his chemistry problems with with other players. You mean um, you mean the um, the leadership uh, clinic one hundred and one that he's putting on in Boston this year hasn't uh, <laughs> hasn't impressed you? Uh, no, no, no. No, I think I. I mean, I love it uh, just because it's driving Bill Simmons insane. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> he is slowly losing his mind a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So that's fun. But um, but anyway, you know, if if everything falls into place, we get two max players. Um, I mean, Dotson is just tailor made to be a role player in a, a system like that. You know, he's such a good complementary player. Um, and I felt. I Feel that way about Frank too. It's such a shame that he hasn't been able to be out there uh, down the stretch this, this season. It is, and um, it's, it's why I want him to get back out there. I mean, with with Frank, yeah. it really comes down to like, and I've said it all season long, the narrative on him and his season and his development. Like, if you take his November and you basically just like wipe it away and and pretend it didn't exist, and he shot. Um, I, the numbers are almost comical. I think he shot like fourteen percent from three and like twenty something percent from from the field in the month of um, in the month of November. If you just take that away and you had his shooting numbers and like maybe ticked them up a little bit for the rest of the year, it's like 
the whole narrative about Frank kind of changes a little bit because we're not nearly as concerned about his shooting. Um, and if he could hit a shot, he's a valuable player. You know, it's like... Really? Wouldn't you love to just take Dennis Smith Jr.'s confidence and just, like, inject oh. it into Frank? Yeah. You know? Cool. I mean, if we could just, you know, fast track um, whatever technology is going to allow us to combine genes or, you know, or whatever, that that would be great. Um, but you know, you know, Dolan's one of those guys that's, like, investing in that technology, so. <laughs> that would not shock me in the least. Um, yeah, so, I, I mean, so it sounds like, you're, even though you don't want to say that you're feeling pretty good, you, it sounds like you're feeling okay about where things are and where things might be going. Yeah, as safe as you can being a, a fan of the, the basketball team we root for, you know. Um, I, I'm I'm more confident that Kevin Durant is coming next season than I was that LeBron was coming. You know, he was going to say the Knicks on, uh, at the decision. I knew so many fans that had talked themselves into it, and I was like, eh, I don't think so. I don't think that's happening. This, this, this just seems, seems, more seems real. right. Doesn't it seem right? Yeah, no, it's... I, and I, I think it helps that there are so many other big free agents out there um, that you're going to have, like, your your Clippers and your Lakers going going after... A, a number of players. I, you know, I, you know the fact that Kawhi's out there and and Kemba and I, I, it's it's good. It's good for them that there are a lot of other really, you know, top ten, top fifteen players out there. I I agree with you. And just here here's my logic on this uh, with Durant, and and this is why I feel good, but it's also why I'm scared shitless. I think he is leaving. I, I think he's basically like, I think he's had his run. I think it's, it's, it's been great. And he's going to like, this will be a wonderful three year stretch that he remembers. And he accomplished a lot of things, but I think he's basically decided to go. Um, he's not going to the Lakers. We know that. No. I, Kawhi is going to the Clippers. I just, I can't yeah. see him going from playing with one top six player in the league to going and playing with like another established top six player in the league. Because I fully believe Kawhi Leonard is going to the Clippers. Yes. So I don't think he's going to the Clippers. You want to know my fear? And it's a real fear, and I'm sure people are going to get on me about this and be like, you, why would you even put this into the ether? Um, I think the Nets are a real, like a real consideration. I knew you were going to say that. I just, I, if I could lie, I could lie and say that I don't <laughs> think that, but I, I do. And, and, and here's my reasoning. I've... You've been hanging out with Bondi too much. <laughs> <laughs> You're all Nets now. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> no, here, here's my logic, and, and anybody could feel free to welcome uh, welcome a, a different argument and, and tell me that I'm wrong. If we're going on the premise that he that he is a different kind of cat, right? Mm-hmm. If we're going on that premise and that he doesn't care only about winning, then you know that's basically that's the premise by which he would leave golden state because if he if he if that's all he cared about if he cared about his legacy so much well then stay in golden state you could probably win i mean you definitely can win four in a row maybe fives on the table maybe sixes on the table you know yeah. if if we're if we're trying to sell ourselves like no he doesn't care about that right he has other interests he has other things that he's concerned about then how can we in the same sentence say he's going to come to the Knicks because he wants to be the guy 
who saves the Knicks. Right. Like, if he really doesn't care about his legacy, and yeah, you could tell me, like, one championship with the Knicks is worth two or three or four in, in Golden State. You could tell me that, and that's what I'm hoping is the case. But if he really doesn't care about that stuff, and, like, I'd be kidding myself if I if I said, like, you know, culture-wise and, like, atmosphere-wise, like, you know, the Garden and, and the Knicks are a more tense atmosphere than the Nets. I mean, this has been sure. written about and established. So, you know, talk me off the ledge, man. Where am I wrong? I, I mean, I can't. I, 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 but I, I will say this. Okay. I think there's no way in hell he doesn't care about his legacy. He's so sensitive. And That's fair. I think, I think he knows that to, to really have that respect, he has to go for the next. Okay. No, it's valid. I, I, I think just the history of it, you know, hopefully he's got Clyde on speed dial and Clyde's just been like, Young young man, you have to come. You have to come to the garden. That's not Hosting a bad. That is not bad. <laughs> it's a little Obama. It's a little Obama. Listen, if we we, we can blend Barack with Clyde, I mean they're the two hey, two legends. Two yeah, legends. absolutely. Uh, I, yeah, I just I just think that it, you want to you want to come play at the garden and not at Barclays. I hope you're right. Have you been to Barclays, by the way? I actually haven't. You know, it, it opened up when I had already started living here, and any time I'm home, I'm gonna try to see the Knicks at MSG. Sure, so yeah. I, I I typically just have time for one game when I'm home. Um, but um, can I, tell I you haven't that? been. I've okay. heard it's like fine. It, it's that's exactly what it, it, it's pretty. It's clean. Um, it looks nice. It looks sleek. I'm sure I, there are great food options. Well, no, hold on. Uh, really? Au, au contraire. Um, so a buddy of mine um, works for a, a law firm that had I, some deal with someone who had box a box uh, at Barclays. And um, he took me the night that the Nets played the Lakers earlier this season. And so I'm like pretty pumped. I'm like for ex- – actually for exactly the reason you just said because I was like excited for the food because I had heard – some nice things about the food. They the first season at Barclays. I know they had L and B, a little L and B stand there. I don't know if you're f- familiar with L and B Spumoni Garden oh, yeah. in Brooklyn. Up oh, there you go. It's my yeah, f- yeah, yeah. If if you told me I was gonna die in an hour, I would get off this podcast right now, get in my car, and drive to Brooklyn and have a slice of L and B. Anyway, that's a quick aside. So I walk into the box and I'm expecting like some you know some some nice something substantial, and they had a tray of sliders. Oh. And and hold on, and I think um, potato chips, and that was it. And and hold on, and there was no beer or any alcohol in the fridge. Oh, you got to be kidding me! Yes, which I mean, maybe yep. for some people they don't mind. Here I am right. sitting with uh, a glass of scotch by my side on a Wednesday night, so obviously I was not in that group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh God. That sounds miserable. Yeah, so Kevin Durant, so, so do, you really, they, do you really want to play were, somewhere where there's no alcohol? It's not like they, it's not like they were catering like a five-year-old birthday party. No, who's that? Like, no booze, sliders, potato chips. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it, that is exactly – maybe they thought that I was I was five. Um, right. And who could blame them? So, yeah, I mean, is is Durant really going to go play there? I how He would really have to not care – 
about you made a good point. You, 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 honestly, you took down my my argument. He would really have to not care about his legacy, like at all, for him to go there. Yeah, and I just I just don't I, I don't think that's the case. I I think he worries more about what people think of him than most players. Well, don't say that too loud, otherwise he's not going to come here out of spite. <laughs> so yeah, that's true. Um. Yeah, uh, I guess we'll see. Okay, so one more one more Knicks-related thing, and then I, I want to talk about you for a little bit before we go. Um, this is the most important question that I have asked you. Um, and I, I will admit, I, I kind of am stealing this from Simmons because he's been asking – or actually, no, sorry, not Simmons. Zach Lowe has been asking um, all of oh, his – Oh, good. Now I like it. I didn't like it at first. Now I like it. I, I got to admit, I'm, <laughs> I'm still a Simmons fan. I, I hear you. I hear you. Just, I mean, I used to love Simmons. He was He was – great and now obviously he doesn't write really at all anymore right. but uh you it's know. like it's like the wire nba article is still like one of the best things ever oh i love but, it but um but he just turned into such a like caricature of himself you know it happens to the best of us um i wouldn't True. know but True. um so <laughs> it's, it's actually zach Lowe has asked a few of his uh knicks fan podcast guests uh this question so i'm stealing this from zach um, what will you be doing on lottery night? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I actually might be in Vegas. Oh, oh. we have to see. There might, I, I might be in Vegas. We'll see. So um, that would be awesome. Uh, or well, bad. I was about to say. <laughs> or really bad. Uh, but you know, I'll, I'll just hit the craps table if things go poorly for us so um uh but if i'm not there I'll, I'll probably be watching with my buddy joe here okay um cool that's very 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 respectable two possibilities um i, I can't be around too many people that I, I i think it was two years ago i was actually watching on my phone in the airport and that was awful uh, was two years was ago the, so the, that was the, the frank year that was the ben we, simmons got, was the first pick right yeah yes okay yes. Yeah, this I I don't I haven't begun to try to emotionally prepare myself for what is the most likely outcome and it is not close. It is a better than 50 or actually no, sorry, it's like a 40 48% yeah, um of the fifth pick. I haven't begun to start to process how I'm going to like try to react to that. Um I know. I'm, I like I I don't even do like the sim lottery anymore because it makes me too upset. So I, oh, like, why would you? Why would I? I, mean, I, I love that site, but I, I can't. Yeah, no, you can't. And and it's funny because I'm on Twitter so much that I inevitably see somebody retweets somebody their does. their single sim of the day, and I feel like everyone I see is the Nixon fifth. Right. It's crazy. Yep. Um. Well, we'll see what happens. So, um, very briefly, uh, I know you're very humble and you don't like to to talk about yourself. Um, but I, we were talking a little bit, a little bit about it before you came on. I just think, um, anybody who has been like a successful working actor for a period of time deserves like a minute to talk about the fact that they are a successful working actor because it's just the hardest thing in the world to, to do and to be, um, what, What's something? I'm sure you've probably been asked this, but I'll ask it on here anyway. What's the thing that you think most people would be like most surprised at learning about, like your 
I want to say like your job, um, even though it's not quite a, a, a job in the in the most literal sense. Right. Um, I guess that like being on sets is really lame. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. You know, I, I you know how there are like these, um, you know, people will enter these sweepstakes, and it's like, oh, win a trip to the set of Big Bang Theory. And it's just like not as exciting as it seems. So I would say like the the, the business in general is just like show, you know show business sets the whole deal. That it's not as crazy as people think it is. But I'm also you know I'm not living the entourage lifestyle, so maybe maybe I'm not doing it right. <laughs> yeah, you, you really you really got to get on that one. Um, I know I got to get in with the crew. I gotta get in with the guys. So um, you've been in you've been in a lot of stuff. Um, I mean, I mentioned it yeah. a little bit already. You've been in Transparent. You've been in Shameless. Mm-hmm. Um, you were in the Grinder. That was a <laughs> that was a really funny spot. Um, you've just you've been in in just so much stuff. Do you have like a goal as to like I you know. I want to try to because I know like certain actors they have like a certain look or they like go for certain types of roles or are you right. just like I'm just kind of going out and and seeing what I can get. Well, I mean, the easiest goal is that you just want to keep working. That's like the 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 baseline goal. Um, but for me, you know, like my my heroes are like Steve Buscemi and William H. Macy and uh, Steve Zahn. Guys who, Some heavy guys hitters who, there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, well, that that's like the top. So to me, somewhere in between there, just like a, I want to be the guy that people are like, oh, it's that guy. You know, to me, that is a fantastic career. Is, is Steve Buscemi the ultimate that guy, or has he? I, I mean, I, obviously, I think he's elevated himself <laughs> above that guy, and, and obviously William right. H. Macy for that matter. But like in like yeah, well, that, the ethos to, of what that guy is, right? Well, to I think before Shameless, before Boardwalk Empire, those guys before they became like the leads, I think those guys were 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 living that you know it's that guy kind of lifestyle I, I, to me that's 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 my ideal career i just want to be somebody that everybody in the business knows like you know i want all the casting directors to know my name i want my peers to know my work um and i want like you know aunt rebecca in kansas to be like oh i like him <laughs> <laughs> i feel like you have just described like um marcus Camby's career a little bit oh can i can i say that i was He's low key like mate like one of one of my top five favorite Knicks, partly because I just loved his game. But he and I went to the same high school, and to this day, a word, uh, yeah, Hartford High. Awesome man, go Owls! Um, <laughs> and to this day, I'm pretty sure it's still the only state championship that uh, our school has ever won when he was there. I mean, and great, like, great accomplishment for him. Sad state of affairs for yeah. for Hartford High. I mean, when I was there, like the team was like such a joke. But uh, so Marcus Camby is very, very special to me. I, I was so excited to see that they, that Fizz brought him in to uh, mentor Mitchell. But I thought that was that's that's been one of my favorite. You know, if we're if we're grasping at straws here to figure out what 
Fizz is as a coach. Dude, so I, gra- I grasp for I, a living I, with this stuff. We have to, right? Um, I, I love that he's been so focused on bringing those people in, <laughs> except for Jason Kidd. <laughs> I mean, oh, my I know, I, I know I know he was such a good player, but, like, man, I was like, keep him away from these guys. Isn't it just, like, a, a, a player – or not even a player because it's obviously – it was there was some stuff as a player and there was obviously some stuff as a coach. Don't you only get, like, a so, so much bad juju that you get to accumulate before it's like, you know what? We're good here. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. I love uh, – he was on the starters, I guess, last night, and I I thought it was so funny. They, like, had a picture of him as a Nick, as, like, the, like, coming up on the starters, Jason Kidd's in the house, and they should picture him in a Nick jersey. I mean, listen, he he juiced that – I don't know what the expression is – juiced that orange or lemon or whatever until there was literally not a drop left. Um, yeah, that's true. I'll never forget, and I, sh- I wish I remembered which – I'm pretty sure it actually came in the Celtics series – um, of their the 2013 playoff run when he had, I think it was a wide wide open fast break layup and um, he missed and it was like wow we're we're it's like you <laughs> knew you were witnessing the end of Jason Kidd's career, right? There are a lot of those guys that ended up on the Knicks. Like I, I remember being so excited Penny Hardaway was the Nick and oh my like, god I was so is... happy about that and <laughs> I was like oh wait no this is sad yeah, no <laughs> this guy's so washed this is a bummer. Dude, um, Alex Alex Wolf, uh, who I just had on the pod, he's, you know, over at Posting a Toasting. He he oh, still yeah. proudly wears his Tracy McGrady jersey, Knicks jersey. Oh boy! Hey, great player. Yes, great, great player. Not not a, not necessarily a great Nick, but uh, no, you can't be Matumbo. You know all the greats. <laughs> great Nick, all the great Nick. Yeah, I actually I'd forgotten, um, and I I should probably double check this before I see something. Not true. I think they – so uh, Antonio McDice, obviously known oh. for the first go-around. I think they re- – didn't they reacquire him a second time? Did they? I, I have to – now I'm going to – this is going to bother me. I was doing some research for something several weeks ago because this that's what I do for fun. And I, oh, I'm pretty sure I saw that he was like reacquired by the next point. I'm going to look that up while um, I ask you and you answer your, this last question. Um, you have been in LA for how long now? Uh, 10 years. 10 years. years. Um, and you came, you went straight from Connecticut or were you in Manhattan at all before you, you went out to LA? I was in New York. So I, um, I went to college in New York and then I stuck around for a few years. So I was in New York for almost 10 years as well. What has been... Or has there, I should ask it this way, has there been like one huge adjustment that you've had to make going out there or like what's been the biggest is, or has it just been like, how do you compare living in New York to living in LA? You know, what's the saddest thing that I miss the most. And maybe it's just cause I'm a monster, but I, I miss food things. You know, I miss like, obviously pizza, pizza here is so awful. So I miss pizza. Uh, I miss like hole in the wall, like Chinese food. Just all the stuff that's good in New York, bagels. Uh, to me, I, you know when I was the most homesick was when Linsanity was happening and I was here. I, like, I, wanted to, I wanted to be able to go to some of those games so badly. And it was just like, I mean, it was, it was such a thrill. And not that saying much, but, you know, that's obviously, that's like the highlight of the Knicks for me the last 
two decades, um, which is so sad. It's like a two month run. Um, two months, two, not, two, three weeks. Or two, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so to me, that I miss, I miss being able to go to Knicks games, and I miss food. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it, you're like you, you must be my my brother from another mother because those are when I think because me and my wife are always talking about like ah it's fucking mortgage. Um, you know, it'd be easier, easier way of life somewhere else. And right. I, I just, I think about the Knicks, obviously. And yeah, um, I think about food, like, um, Xi'an famous foods. Uh, it's this like Chinese food place in Manhattan that has separate locations. They have this like noodle dish that like, if I don't have once every couple of months, I just go through withdrawal. Um, I, I totally get it. Yeah, but it's funny. Like I feel like the the vast majority of my friends I've found out here are all transplants from the tri-state area, and all we do is sit around and watch New York sports and complain about how lame LA people are <laughs> and how how we miss you know our you know respective pizza places. So it's it's a little lame, but uh, that's 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 what I miss the most. I probably should have been like, oh, my family. Oh yeah, but then, but then you would never get invited on this podcast again because we are we are nothing if not the home of of uh, outright degeneracy. Uh, is that right. word degeneracy? I think I just Degener- made, I, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll we'll go with it, it anyway. It is on this podcast. <laughs> it is it is on this podcast. And by the way, I just looked it up. No, they did not require or reacquire Antonio McDice. The reason I think I thought they did is because he was actually here into a second season. They he they acquired him in June of 2002. They didn't trade his ass away until January of 2004. How about that? Go figure. God. Yeah. Those were those were you know, there've been a lot of dark days to me. Those were just pitch black. Pitch um, black days. Yeah, I'm here you want you want pitch black? I'll, I'll read you pitch, <laughs> pitch black. Here is the here's the Antonio McDice trade traded by the Denver Nuggets with Frank Williams. And a two thousand oh. and yeah, and a two thousand three second round draft pick that would become wait for it, I believe this is how you pronounce his name, Majay Lampe. I think isn't that how you pronounce that dude's oh. name? Hall of Famer. Oh yeah, but do you do you remember that draft? I remember leading up to that yeah. draft night where it was like Lampe might go fifth, might go sixth. He's a top ten, and then he started falling, and I was like, oh my god, we're gonna get Majay Lampe. Meanwhile, Majay Lampe could have walked in my living room, and I wouldn't have known it. <laughs> um, anyway, to complete the, the trade. So they traded all that to the New York Knicks for Marcus Camby, Camby Nene, and um, your favorite, my favorite, all of our favorites, Mark Jackson. Oh, yes. uh. Yeah, what can you say? That is uh, that is Knicks history in a nutshell, and I think that's a, yeah. that's a good spot to end. Um, yes. So before we go, um, is there any place that we should be uh, looking for you coming up anytime soon? Sure. Well, uh, I have a little part on a upcoming Netflix show uh, called Unbelievable. I, I, I know it's posting this year, but I'm not sure when the release date is yet. Um, and then I actually have a very jokey NBA podcast called The Super Hoopers, um, which is a labor of love. I do it with two other buddies. Um, uh, unless they have a like some sort of beat writer on or something it's always the three of us uh and uh it's fun it's like the whatever like nate duncan and danny larue do we kind of are the 
opposite of that. I was about to say, I <laughs> knew that was what it, you were going to say when you brought them up. <laughs> we we have a running we have a running uh, feud with them. They blocked us on Twitter long ago. No. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man. Uh, but so we're we're trying to map out the 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 jokey NBA uh, market, um, and so we have a lot of fun and. Um, yeah, if if you're a, if you're an NBA fan, which I assume you are, if you're listening to this podcast, check us out. Uh, well, they're definitely not listening for my shining personality. I could tell you that. Oh, uh, that's not true. Well, listen. In 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 all seriousness, um, you are, I, I, you're a great follow um, on Twitter. So, and and I have listened to the pod. It is absolutely hysterical. Like. I, I mean this as a compliment. Like after I've had a long day, um, occasionally, and I just like I, I I can't listen to like a serious NBA podcast or something. Um, right. I, I I turn on yours, and it's like I could just fucking relax and just enjoy myself, and it's it's so good for that. Um, good. And yeah, man, I'm I'm excited to you know I I, I tell myself that uh, thirty. I'm thirty five. How old are you? I will be 35 in two weeks. Okay, so I tell myself yeah, yeah. That, that 35 is the new 21. Um, it, it gets me to sleep at night. So um, <laughs> I, let's uh, let's hope that I, you keep getting bigger and bigger roles, and we could have the the Futternick experience, you know, more and more and more um, as the years go by, as we watch, you know, the Knicks win championship after championship. Obviously. Well, I appreciate that, and uh, it's such a pleasure to be on. I love this podcast. It's uh, it's it's funny. I listen to podcasts to fall asleep at night, and I put your podcast on, and I listen to the whole thing, and so it kind of defeats the purpose. Um, but I love what you and JB do. You you, you make being a Knicks fan tolerable. So thank you, thank you for everything uh, you guys. Do. Dude, that's it's <laughs> it's way too kind. A and B, it's a lie because nothing could make being a Knicks fan. <laughs> As uh, close as you can get. Yeah, no, exactly. As close as you can get. All right, man. Listen, this was so much fun. Um, I will let you That's go it. and enjoy. Oh, fuck, it's still it's like five o'clock by you, right? Yeah, I you know I have the whole night ahead of me. Oh, so. I hate you. All right, um, I'm gonna go wait for my kid to inevitably wake up um, and then <laughs> I try to put her back to sleep. All right, it, this was a blast. Um, not the last That's time you'll be on for sure. Thank you for coming on. Um, I truly appreciate it. And uh, of course, everybody out there. Thank you for listening to another episode of the pod. Uh, we will be back with uh, another episode this weekend. We're going to be doing another draft podcast um, on, and we're really, really going to get into some of the nitty gritty of uh, what's going to go on with the Knicks uh, possible draft picks this year. And uh, that's going to be fun. So uh, until then, uh, we will talk to you soon and have a great rest of your week. Yeah.